When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the League One Lounge. Hello, patrons, and welcome to the League One Lounge. And welcome along if you're listening to this on the main It's All Cobblers to Me podcast feed this week. If you've not joined us in the lounge before, this is our weekly look at all things League One, usually only available at patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. But we thought we'd welcome you all in this week to give you a taste of the League One action. Only two games took place in League One this weekend, but we're here to chat about all the big stories all the same. I am, as ever, joined by Charles Commons. How are you, Charles? Oh, I, I'm very good. Thanks, Danny. The lounge is brimming this week with brimming, new yeah. listeners, which is new lovely. Listeners. It's like when the BBC jo- um, have joined, have people join you from the World Service. Oh, yes. At like four o'clock on the Saturday afternoon. It's like, yeah, welcome. Welcome in. I mean, so this is this is like a, a giving a sneak peek behind the curtain to people yes. who haven't got Patreon. Um, maybe it's like a like a little advertising technique to bring people in. Indeed, I mean, yeah. you know, if you if you listen to the main podcast and the preview show every week, and you mm. you know you enjoy that, then you might want to sort of find out a little bit more about what else we offer to our patrons, which help support the making of the podcast and and keep me and Danny wearing clothes i don't know where i was going with that sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it just helps support us uh and, and keep the costs of running the podcast down a little bit uh which is lovely um then you know this is a, a taster of what you get every single week we put out an episode all about the rest of the league one news and action um which is this which is fabulous is this, yeah. and um we enjoy it every single week also we should mention shouldn't we danny that um we're arranging the very first uh patreon meetup which is going to be happening next yeah. year really looking first forward to it official one we've had a few unofficial meetups but this is the first official organized event yes we're gonna go Such play mini golf Mini golf, yeah, mini golf. It's still time to join up and sign up for Patreon for that because that's going to be a a lovely, lovely evening. Yeah, it will be evening. Evening, Yeah, Yeah, we won't say when it is or anything like that, just because you know, gate crashes. Yeah, don't let mobs do it. It's for and yeah, we haven't actually booked it yet, so we don't actually know either. Um, but but yeah, if you want to come and join in, I, I think that just shows the kind of community that we've got, right? That we can, yeah, you know, go and put events on and you know all get together outside of the football side of things and uh, and have yeah. a have a good time, which is uh, lovely. But I tell you what, Danny, I've put my slippers on. Come, on. I've sat down on my chaise lounge. Oh, and, your chaise lounge, uh, chaise lounge, yeah. yeah. And uh, I'm ready to talk You're League ready. One. Yeah, good. It's probably a good, before we move on, probably good to mention the Slack as well. Now we're trying to do some sort of sales pitch. Oh, okay. Uh, that yes. You also get access to the Slack channel when you sign up to 
Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. It's a, an online message board as such. You, you can come and log on, talk to cobblers fans all week, 24 hours a day if you want. You can chat to Melly in Australia when, when he's awake and get his musings every week. Um, you can talk about all sorts, daily nonsense, but also I think it's just a really, it's been, it's been a really supportive and, and good place to be in terms of mental health stuff and people being able to share things and people helping each other out. It's been a really lovely thing that's built over the last sort of two or three years. Um, so to get access to like a social media platform that's actually really nice it's quite nice as well and full, filled with cobbler's fans there's been some great meetups at games that people have made friendships that they would never have done before and um yeah it's just been a really nice thing so do do sign up if you want to get involved in that as well that's, yeah. uh, that's also part of the package it would be lovely to see you in there yeah get great. in there get in there and loads of other fun stuff as well like bonus podcasts and all sorts that that pop up every now and again mm. but we'll stick with the league one lounge for now news charles news in first there's a lot of the merry-go-round is in full swing in the league one managers association dinner <laughs> as they have it every week they play musical chairs yeah they are playing musical chairs yeah there's a, a couple of hipsters snuck in now, oh. from what I can see. Um, but we start with Lincoln. Lincoln have appointed Michael Scooby-Doo Scoobala um, this week, as they know now know him. Um, Got to be honest, didn't know a lot about him before they appointed him, but Leeds coach yeah. led their first team three games last season when Jesse Marsh was sacked. But um, first managerial role in football, first appointment in the Football League, slight risk, but also I look at Lincoln and you think, you know, that's the kind of left field appointment that I was expecting. Yeah. Yeah, I think that it's a, I don't want to say a typical Lincoln appointment because th- that sounds a little bit almost negative in a way. Um, but, uh, you know, if you sort of go back to the Cowley brothers, it's almost like one of those kind of things that's that certainly worked for them um, o- over periods, getting in people that, you know, are, are less well-known, let's say, and are on the, on on a on an upward trajectory as uh, some would say um it's um it's a lovely appointment is is he on an upward trajectory though is it it's more the start of his trajectory well that well that's what i mean there's he's definitely not on the way down is he so he's at the bottom he's in the valley he's in the the valley valley. of his career trajectory the The only way is up hopefully well not necessarily but yeah no no no. but i mean (laughs) i i i've i i actually really trust that you know, it depends what targets are being set for him, I guess, because I strongly believe that Lincoln are a, one of the clubs that really we should be aspiring to be like um, as the Cobblers, because, you know, it's only a few years ago that they were, you know, down in non-league. Obviously, we've not been there, thank goodness. But, you know, they've then built themselves up. Yes, they had a terrific cup run that no doubt helped them financially. They built their, was it a training centre? Um, yeah, basically. They built with that run, money. Yeah. Um, and they had a terrific management duo. Michael Appleton came along for a little bit. I mean, less said about that, the better, obviously. He was a Cobblers fan. But, you know, I, I think that where they've now got themselves, which is an established League One club with ambitions to now go further that's what we should be aiming to be like they've they've stabilized haven't they in league one since they won their promotion and um yeah you just sort of look at it and go that's that's what we should be aiming to replicate almost from from here so Mm. I, i i think that it's a a trustworthy appointment 
if you're a Lincoln City fan, you you have to put trust in the, you know, the the board there that they know what they're doing and that they've appointed the right person for the project mm. and and for the task. And I mean, time will tell, obviously, but. I, for one, and uh, this goes for the other appointment that we'll talk about in a bit. I, for one, I'm, I, it's just refreshing, isn't it? Just yeah, know. yeah, definitely. You, you don't want the people on the on the normal merry-go-round, do you? That's just going to keep getting jobs time and time and again, and you know that you keep getting the same names coming up. But I think more and more we are seeing this kind of outside the box thinking now especially now we've come up to league one we it's probably since because we've been lingering in league two we've gotten the same names over and over again but even looking at the potential names when you look at lincoln and oxford and, and bristol rovers jobs that have come up you are getting the same names still on the list and kind of churning out time and time again but it is good to see him go for someone a little bit out out the out of the box and he's known for his good man management skills his play, player development people have spoke quite highly about and that to me says lincoln and it says you know that he's going to get the best out of what he's got there, which is actually a really good side. We we saw him earlier in the season at Sixfields, drew two two. We grabbed that draw late on, but I thought they were looking really good that night. So he's got a good basis of a player and squad there to to have a real go. And there's still time to push on, and there's you know we'll come on to his result later on at the weekend. But it it's a good it's a good job for him to get. I'd say. Yeah, I I think so. Definitely an opportunity to mm. see him go. I mean, it, like I said before, it does depend on what the targets are that he gets set. I mean, for this year, you'd imagine it would be basically to just implement what, you know, his systems, his processes, et cetera, et cetera, and to figure out who fits into, you know, that sort of side of things and who doesn't. But essentially, I I would expect him to get given time to be mm. able to go and do that. And then, you know, Hopefully, I will say that um, he will be able to be successful and doesn't just become another name on on the bookies list every single time that there's a job going. Yeah, I mean they are tenth as well, like four points off the playoffs, even after the defeat at the weekend. So it's a it's a reasonable place to come into a, a club. Right, it, like there's still that kind of carrot at the playoffs there, and we've said it again a few times this season on the League One Lounge. It's a good season to have a go if you're a club like Lincoln and you know Bristol Rovers and Wickham teams like this. It's a good season to actually like try and propel yourself up into them playoff places, and they've still got time to do that. I think it, you know time will tell whether it's a good appointment, and I've got no idea what it's going to be like. But it seems like a really good match. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, a fair amount of experience working with you know England under 18s Leeds under 21s he's worked in futsal he's you know he's done all this kind of stuff and he's it's a constant of working with younger players so that says to me that their plan is to to try and build something over the next two or three years with younger players that they want him in charge and for him to take it on so it's a long-term appointment but for what it seems like anyway it's long-term thinking which is good to see it's not just Mm. you know firefighting for the sake of it yeah absolutely um Similar lines then is is in. We spoke with, about him last week. Des Buckingham is in. Great He's name. In. I can't remember what you said last week, but I think you said Des Buckingham would be a better fit for Lincoln. So we love those lines. <laughs> and then about I think it was the next day, Oxford yeah. appoint Des Buckingham. <laughs> I, I was a little bit like, oh great, have I got time to edit this or, yeah. or not? I was, I was like, oh well, never mind. That's fine. No, I I actually thought the, the thing, the reason why was that I'd seen. His name mentioned, I think we'd all seen his name mentioned, um, you know, in relation to both jobs. Um, mm. And I don't know, but I, I I just had this 
I had a feeling almost, and I think I'd seen more um, stuff about it from a Lincoln City perspective. The one thing that I completely and utterly missed is that he's an Oxford United fan. So yeah, yeah, had I City, seen that, had I seen that, then I would have been like, well, obviously he's going to go to Oxford if he gets that chance. But mm. I mean, it's I know it's Oxford United we're talking about, and therefore there's a little bit of needle between us. But I actually really like it. I really like yeah, seeing that you know that they've appointed uh, this this guy who has been you know working across the world for the last few years and has now come back into English football. And yeah, I, I'm really excited about it. I, I mean, to the extent where it's Oxford United we're talking about and not the Cobblers. But yeah. yeah not enough Deses in football, fan. like we say as well. It's good to have Absolutely another Des back in there. But it doesn't really look like a Des, I've got to say. No. I, Whether straight, that's because my, my Des experience is Des Lynham. And not two other ones. Des Kelly, maybe. <laughs> so Des it's, it's Kelly. Like, <laughs> oh, Desmond Tutu. <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't come across as a Des. Does he? Des O'Connor. Lovely haircut. I've got to say, like a really nice little haircut. It's got going on there. Um, there's the insight yeah, into Danny's yeah, mind. That's it. Body. This is what they pay the big bucks for. Um, <laughs> but um, first team coach under Sir Chris, of course. Um, obviously he was. Before. Um, goalkeeper, I think he was as a player. Went to Australia, New Zealand. And Melly will be excited about this. Assistant manager at Melbourne City at once, at one point. Melly. Wow. I'd and ask whether Melly actually had ever seen him, you know, being uh, assisting at Melbourne assisting. City. But of yeah. course, he was probably, he was probably in Farcotton. So... <laughs> a bit far from to travel. <laughs> too busy with them ovens. Really, that kind of thing. Um, but spent the last two years managing Mumbai City as well, won the Indian Super League. Mm. No idea how, how difficult that is or easy that is to do, but you've got to take Actually, West was done it, I think. Actually, West was done it, everything. But like Scabalo, it's, it's thinking outside the normal and it's, and I've just seen we're going to yeah. talk about the normal in a minute. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But yeah, again, really progressive appointment, which it, it seems like more and more, more and more clubs are going for that kind of appointment now. So it's good to see, but it's not because it's Oxford. But you know, we'll, we'll see how he gets on. And it's it's a team on the up. He doesn't need to change much. I think he said already that he doesn't want to. You know, he doesn't need to change an awful lot because they're second in the league. They've got a good style already. They know what they're doing, mm. and he almost has to just guide them to keep on going as the way the way they were because they've just lost a manager in yeah. in circumstances that you don't usually lose a manager in it's usually you're down the bottom of the league and struggling you sack your manager but because theirs has left for a team in the higher division is actually coming in to just carry on a job and he'll get a lot of credit for that at the end of the season if he's um if he does get him up yeah i think i said last week that it was going to be a job that would have attracted an awful lot of interest because of the fact that there is a chance of promotion at the end of this season. So uh, this sounds bad saying it this way, but, you know, not having to do an awful lot of work to to necessarily achieve it. There's obviously a lot of work still to go, but, I mean, it's not like the teams had to be assembled or anything like that. They're already kind of settled in uh, to the season now. So Hmm. it is an opportunity. And, you know, we saw, you know, rumours-wise, you know, Frank Lampard was was mentioned. Not that I'm sure he was ever going to be prepared to drop down to League One, even if it was only going to be for say six months or so. But you know, to therefore see Oxford actually 
more than likely, you would imagine, dis- discard or put to one side all of the known names that, um, you know, when I say known names, I mean to fans, not necessarily to the club, because mm. obviously he was there before. But, you know, the known names to the fans have just been put to one side and gone, no, we're going to go with this guy. He knows the club already, you would imagine. And, um, you know, look at what he's achieved so far outside of England. Let's uh, let's give him a go, up and coming. Let's see what, what he can do. And I think a bit like to sort of relate it back to our situation with John Brady, I think there's also an element of thinking that, that he will maybe be given the time and given more um, backing, I, I want to say almost, in, in terms of, not necessarily financially, but in terms of longevity, there'll be mm-hmm. a bit more forgiveness about it potentially because maybe he's seen as a project himself by the board and therefore this is somebody that could take Oxford quite far and has a good, you know, really successful managerial career ahead of him. Mm. And uh, this is maybe a bit of a coup. And therefore, you you sort of look at it again, sort of, yeah, there's excitement to see what happens with this. And I think it will probably be a bit like what's going to happen with Lincoln is that you're probably going to have to wait four, five, six games before you really see any difference, if there is going to be any difference whatsoever, of things to get implemented. I think if you're, if anybody's listening that is a, a manager in their, you know, workplace, then if you normally if you go into a different job, a new job, you you tend to spend a period of time, maybe a couple of weeks, just kind of watching and assessing and working out what it is that you can offer that will add to what is already in existence and in play. So I'd imagine that that will be the kind of thing that will happen to begin with. So don't expect to see an immediate impact, so to speak. Um, mm. But then also there's that thing of they're already flying high. It's not like they, it's not like their last manager got the sack, Liam Manning, and because they were down in the relegation zone and they needed a change to basically change their fortunes. It's It's the opposite. They, were forced into making a change and they want continuity. Mm. Yeah, I got Cheltenham away next week in the in his first game in charge. Then they um have got Bolton at home and then Grimsby at home in the FA Cup. So a reasonable settling in period, but that Bolton game's a huge game for the club. So he's he's got the Cheltenham one which you'd expect him to win. But then on that Tuesday night against Bolton, that's gonna be a huge game, sort of if they're still second, third at, at going into it. And it's should be a belter that one. Mm. And we spoke about the merry go rounds later on. Uh, later on? No, we didn't. We spoke about it earlier on. Earlier on. <laughs> yeah. One such man, the greatest manager of all time. <laughs> his words. <laughs> so, yeah, his words, not ours. Uh, Saul Zier's yet Jeremiah Campbell, otherwise known as Saul Campbell, um, calling it a day on managerial on management, it, yeah. it looks like. Um, a stellar career. I'm sure you'll agree. Macclesfield and Southend has been linked to 1,472 jobs since by himself. Stats. But... It's stats, yeah. He's um, he's gonna hang up his managerial jacket by the sounds of it, mm. which is a great loss to football. Is being put on the rack. Yeah, the the thing that strikes me most about Sol Campbell, whenever I see him in a view, he's very self confident, which is not a bad thing. But he's he's very defensive of what he did, and I feel like he thinks he's a, a much bigger and much better manager than he perhaps is. Yeah, I mean, he's citing 
a lack of opportunities in football management, which has mm. left him frustrated and 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 ready to walk away for good. I mean, the first thing that I'll say is I can't help but feel that this is a little bit of a almost a threat. <laughs> he's not actually saying that's it. I'm not going to put myself forward for jobs anymore. What he's almost saying is that if you don't give me an opportunity, I'm never going to, you know, <laughs> apply for another job again, <laughs> which I, I imagine that there's football chairman up and down the country just thinking, thank God, don't have to yeah. listen to that anymore every time we uh, make a change. Uh, I, I mean, it's, I, I, it's, it's an odd one, but then again, it's Sol Campbell and he is very, very uh, forthright in his view that he doesn't feel like he's been given an opportunity. He said this mm. a few times that he doesn't feel like he's been given an opportunity. And I, I don't have the quote here that, that, that backs this up necessarily, but I don't think he believes that that is for footballing reasons. The issue is, is that you look at the two clubs that he did manage and how well he did at those, mm. why would he get another opportunity at a higher level, especially than where those two clubs were when he left them, mm. which were basically both times rock bottom of league two. Yeah. And I think that that was kind of the issue of what he, he when he went to Macclesfield, he obviously did a reasonable job there. There were five points adrift of, relegations I when we were in kept him up on the last day any anyone looking at that thinking oh you did a really good job to get a club that Maxfield out the mile like that so you know fair enough on that sense but then he goes to South End and he's they've got all the financial financial constraints whether it was you know I don't know what kind of led to that but his they ended up going down from league one I think during the COVID season didn't they um and he left the club at the end so he didn't he didn't choose his clubs wisely but what you get sometimes with managers if you if you start off as a firefighter, essentially getting Macclesfield out the bottom two, we've seen it with Keith Curl a little bit, and and many mm. other managers during uh, around the football league. If you start off like that, you get known as a firefighter straight away, and that was almost his mistake to be like, right, I'm going to start off at the very bottom, get Macclesfield out of it, and then other clubs coming in think, oh, you know, you, you did a really good job at Macclesfield, getting them out, come and get us out the mire kind of thing, rather than dropping down to non-league maybe and going like picking up somewhere mid-table in non-league and starting to build something. It, it almost felt like he set himself up by, for, for a fall straight away, and it's it's not necessarily his fault because he, he needed to get Macclesfield out, but it, he just seems to always have a much higher opinion of himself without much backing is is yeah. all I can say about that. The other bit of it is that I don't know if you remember, but he left Macclesfield, terrible financial situation that they were in. And he and and you know, look, I'm I'm not saying that it was right or wrong, but he then sued Macclesfield because they hadn't paid him up, up to date, which is wrong. People should be paid for what they're actually um due. Um, but then he went to South End, which also had terrible money problems. And the, and the rumor is, I, I don't know if you remember who his coaching staff were, Danny, but mm. he had Andy Cole as his, uh, one of his first team coaches. Mm -hmm. He's not cheap. This, this is the other thing that, that a lot of Macclesfield and South End fans have said on social yeah. media and in, in public is that they were strapped for cash. And yet he then brings in Andy Cole to be a 
strikers coach, essentially, or finishing coach or something, on a ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> and there were there were there was talk of the fact that basically he was demanding that money be spent in certain areas and none of it was actually going to help him on mm. the pitch. And I, I think partly he's actually uh, led led to his own demise. Like you're saying there about, you know, becoming a firefighter, maybe inadvertently. He's also become known within football as being somebody that, well, you if you bring Sal Campbell in, then he's going to want an awfully big war chest yeah. just for his coaching staff. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, he, wants citing, Ronnie, he wants Ronnie you know, Rosenthal as crossing coach, but he wants... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Teddy Sheringham to come in. For but, I mean, you just kind of think to yourself, you know, he's he's citing a lack of opportunities in management. And, you know, fine. He's not had that many opportunities. He's not had any, really, has he, since he left South End? But you've got to sort of look at it and go, well, why is that? Mm. And I think the fact is, is that... He's, he's clearly seen as somebody that isn't good enough to do the job. And also as somebody who is the two jobs that he had were at clubs with huge financial difficulties. And, and maybe it is felt that he would lead to that being, you know, something that might end up happening at another club. I mean, you don't know, but just looking at it from the outside in, you put two and two together and make five quite easily. Mm. So I, 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 you know, I, I, I think to myself, look, Fine. If, if you've decided that you're going to move on and you're going to go and carry on, I mean, I'm sure Sol Campbell doesn't need to work financial for financial reasons. I mean, maybe he could go and work as a coach somewhere. Maybe he could. He went for you know, mayor of right. London once, didn't he? Maybe he can go back to that. He would... did. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, there go you for go. mayor of London. Go I mean, of London. Just... All sorts of things. There's loads of things. Like, I, I mean, I've been watching. Um, I've, I've started watching Dorking Uncovered, uh, a YouTube series um i think the channel is called bunch of amateurs and they basically follow dorking wanderers i've started way back from the beginning so we're deep in covid or just come out of covid now in season two and um it's the owner of dorking wanderers is also the manager a guy called mark white Mm -hmm. He's been on a few podcasts in the last year or so. Most notably, um, I think he was on Under the Cosh, where he basically said that if they were to be promoted to the Football League, then he technically at the moment wouldn't be allowed to be the manager because he doesn't hold any coaching badges. <laughs> and he was basically going to say, I'm never going to take them either. I don't care. Um, <laughs> that was like the big sort of, um, you know, quote that was used over social media to promote it. But it's really interesting because, you know, everybody in that, I think where where I'm watching Dorking Wanderers, I know that they're in the National League now, but they were in the National League South in this particular series. And, um, you know, all the players are part-time. He's part-time. All these coaching staff are part-time. The vo there are volunteers that run the football club on a daily basis. Why can't Sol Campbell go and, if he wanted to be in football, and he doesn't feel like he's getting opportunities. Why doesn't mm. he go to one of his local clubs and offer up his availability on a part-time basis to coach them? Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is, is well, you say you have no opportunities, but are you putting yourself out there for sort of lower down jobs in in like non-league and stuff? Are you going to those places, and or are you just applying to football league jobs that are completely like out of your league at the moment, like championship jobs and stuff? I don't know, but. 
yeah, you would have thought he would have got something if he dropped into non-league and had a go at building something from the bottom up. Somebody would have taken a chance on him, you would have thought. Exactly. And I, and I think kind of just to tie it into the, the two managerial appointments that we've had this week, there's obviously now clubs are looking away from the usual suspects, let's say, that appear on the betting lists. And I think we're maybe at a transitional period now where we're going to get new people coming through. And they're, they're obviously a bit left field in, in, in terms of we've not necessarily heard of them before. Like you're saying about like Sol Campbell, is he putting himself out there and, and willing to go and sort of start from grassroots up, basically? Um, it's a bit like the likes of Frank Lampard and Steven Gerrard. Only, well, I mean... It's not necessarily their fault, of course. They apply for a job and that they get one. But, I mean, your first management job at Rangers, that's pretty, you know, up. I know it's only Scottish football. We look down on it in England. It's high profile, though, isn't it? It's high profile. And, you know, Frank Lampard, you know, his first job was at Chelsea, for goodness sake. I mean, fine, he was an interim, but then he gets it permanently. And then he goes to Everton. Basically doesn't do a job at either of them. I mean... You know, you'd imagine that now he's probably, you know, any job that comes up in the Premier League, you can guarantee that he's put a CV in and an application yeah. in. Yeah. But will he get it? Probably not. He probably needs to be dropping down further than that to then get an opportunity. But will you see him turn around in, say, five, six, seven years' time when he's not had another job, if that is the case, and then say that he's not getting an opportunity? Mm. Moving on to the last one before we get into this, the games, Bristol Rovers might have had a manager drop into their lap this week. Matt Taylor sacked by Rotherham in the championship this week while Bristol Rovers still on the search. From what I could tell, they were leaning towards Andy Mangan, who's in caretaker charge at the moment, doing a reasonable job. Has Matt Taylor just dropped in their lap at the right time at this point? Because he seems to be a really good fit for them, I'd say. Yeah, possibly. It depends, I suppose, whether Matt Taylor wants to get straight back into work or not. It's quite that quick, isn't it, to come back, yeah. play a part. Mm. But, I mean, you're right, aren't you? You sort of look at the success that he did have um, with Exeter, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he went to Rotherham off the back of that. He got It was him that got promoted with Rotherham last season, right? Or uh, not last season, the year before? Or did okay. he take up a job when they were in the championship and keep them up, maybe? Uh, God, I they go up and down too much. took over. Yeah, they... They seem to go up and down more. Because they go up and down, don't they? They're yo-yo. Yeah, they're a yo-yo club for sure. Yeah. I mean, obviously, his his stock at sort of lower league level is quite high, Mm. and going to Rotherham hasn't quite worked out for him. But similar kind of size club to Exeter, isn't it? Yeah, you'd imagine he'd be quite high up the list of names for a club like Bristol Rovers. So Mm. potentially, I mean, a lot depends, doesn't it? I mean, don't forget, Bristol Rovers have got money, haven't they? And so. It won't be a case of going necessarily for the cheap option by just having Andy Magnum. Magnum, I can Andy Magnum. never say his name right. <laughs> Andy, Andy uh, Minchok Magnum, uh, <laughs> double caramel. That's fine. Uh, um, I don't know. Um, you know, it would be not necessarily a case that it's for monetary reasons for that. So mm-hmm. it, it's definitely a potential. I think that you could see him go there. I think the one thing that Bristol Rovers, I've said it before, the one thing that Bristol Rovers need is a non-controversial appointment. Mm. They don't need yes. another Joey Barton. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I think that's the way they'll lean this time. It's, and Matt Taylor seems like that safe pair of hands, doesn't he? It's not going to cause massive controversies. He's the kind of guy that you'd be happy to take home for Sunday lunch to meet your mother, isn't he? Sunday lunch with Matt, yeah. 
Shall we get into the two Saturday games that there was this week? Let's. Yeah, just the two games. Um, Started off, Stevenage beating Lincoln 1-0. We've mentioned uh, Michael Scooby-Doo, Scooby-La as Lincoln manager's first job. Uh, First job, his first game in charge, sorry, ends in defeat um, at Stevenage. And Jamie Reid popping up with a winner again. He is scoring all the goals. And I've got to be honest, Mm. when they kept him over the summer, I thought he's not good enough to lead your League One challenge. But clearly he is. Um, Steve Evans carrying on getting a you know, getting a tune out of him. He's got the League Two kind of presence and a League Two feel about him as a striker, but he just seems to be doing the business for him. And again, at the weekend, the scrambled goal. I don't know if you've seen it. It's the corner. It's a, it's a proper Steve Evans goal. The corner comes in and it's it's bouncing and scrambling around and he gets a kind of toe poke on it and, and he's, got, he's got, it, got it in. But again, Stephen is getting over the line and in true Steve Evans style, they're fighting the odds they're battling the odds and they're still up there and the, the longer the season goes on you just think you know is it is it going to be one of the like the mad league one shocks of all time you'd say for Stevenage to go and get mm. promoted into the championship the size of the club they are oh, it's it probably all hinges on whether Steve Evans does does stay because I know he's been linked with Rotherham this week I can't see that happening but if he stays there's no there, we've got long enough into the season now to think Stevenage aren't a joke anymore. This is a serious promotion challenge from them now. Oh, absolutely. I, I loved the fact that Stevenage fans refer to uh, Jamie Reid as big goal Jamie Reid. Big goal Jamie Reid, yeah. It, it feels like all of his goals really do matter to, mm. you know, they're normally match winners or, um, you know, they're important, important goals in the context of the games. Uh, when he scores up, he pops with another one. And and you're right, he is. I, I wasn't expecting him to be anywhere near as good uh, in his goal return in League One. I mean, this has taken him past the tally that he got for the entirety of last season in League Two mm. this weekend. An incredible feat. You know, what yeah. are we, 17 games in a, a Stevenage now, I think? 17 or 16 maybe? And, yeah, 18 I mean, games for them, yeah. Th- 18 games even. I mean, it's a great return for for a striker who I don't think many would have thought would be riding high up there in the top goal-scoring charts for for the season. It's brilliant. I mean, one one thing that I did see was a lot of salty Lincoln fans. Um, I saw one tweet in particular which said, we've lost a rubbish game to a rubbish team by a rubbish goal. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they are the, they so are anti-Lincoln, aren't they, Stevenage? <laughs> they are. They are the complete opposite of what Lincoln really wants to be like. And yet, yeah. <laughs> wasn't that, that one, though, that Lincoln played a lot like Stevenage? No, exactly, yeah. Honest. But that, I remember that, the days. Remember the days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The air raid siren and everything like that. Um, but but they, mm. they, they shouldn't make any apologies for it, Stevenage, and I'm sure they won't about the way they play because it's it's catching people exactly how they wanted it to and exactly what we said at the start of the season that out of all the promoted teams Stevenage would be the one to surprise people the most and I don't think even us saying mm. that statement thought that there would be anywhere near the top six still but no. you know, what a job he's doing no. what a job they're doing as, as players and digging in and, tr- and trying to create something that would be that would I think it would send Matt Farley into space if <laughs> <laughs> if, if, they, if they get another promotion, I don't think we'll ever see him again. It's it's mental. Don't it's know so Matt. Much. Matt has been on our podcast as our Stevenage fan for the preview show. He's a lovely, lovely guy, and he follows Stevenage home and away. 
um, he is living the dream right now, and 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 who can blame him for enjoying every single moment? He's he's one of the most upbeat, positive football fans that you'll ever get to meet. And um, yeah, I'm, I, I have to say, I'm just really happy for him personally because he's getting to live the dream with with mm. following his football team at the moment. It's incredible. I mean, I just going back to what you said about them being a surprise package certainly are. The one thing that actually is more surprising for me at the moment is that they haven't been found out yet. You know, 18 games into the season, you would kind of think that by now, clubs would be like, well, hang on a minute, we're wise to this now. You know, Mm -hmm. you remember like Atkins era coming into what was then Division Mm -hmm. 2. And obviously we made it to the playoffs, back-to-back playoff finals. And essentially a lot of that was just because of almost an element of surprise at us playing the way that we did in a way. Um, and, and it was shock and awe a lot of the time. And Stevenage are kind of doing their own version of that under Steve Evans. And, and the thing that you have to give him credit for is the fact that he has been able to, you know, really get into his players a, 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 an ethic and a, um, a way culture if you like of how Stevenage football are going to be and it's just working for them Mm. and a a lot will be said about momentum of course but they've brought in good league one quality players uh, over the summer and all, all credit to them for getting to where they are fourth in league one Stevenage yeah I mean it's like when Yeovil did it, isn't it? When Yeovil got to the championship. It's, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was one of the, I think Ed Walker, who was on the preview show a couple of weeks ago, the Burton fan, um, he tweeted something uh, about it, just saying that he really wants to see Stevenage in the championship just because he wants to see all the championship fan in the club's uh, have meltdowns every week at how, you know, rubbish in inverted commas Stevenage are and how they shouldn't be anywhere near that division. It would just yeah. be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So that, that's them carrying on the other game in League One. This evening, Blackpool 4, Shrewsbury nil. Shrewsbury fans in absolute meltdown um, after the game again. They seem to have had a couple of weeks where they've been sort of up and down since they beat us. The, you know, before they came into the game against us, it was it seemed like if they lost it, Matty Taylor would have been gone. This is another Matty Taylor, Mark II, um, the actual Matty Taylor that used to play for us. Um, when they played us, it was if they lost that, it was in massive trouble. They seem to have stabilised a little bit for the last couple of weeks, but this defeat, it's doesn't seem like it's the scoreline that's the problem. It's more how they played and how they just. Mm completely conceded it it sounds like a lot of our talk after the derby defeat that they've had enough of Matty Taylor already um it's not working for him and they're just fearing the worst they're, they're you know they're not in an awful position they're 16th they're four points clear of the relegation zone which works in his favor a little bit but it seems like the Shrewsbury fans are just they've had enough and they want him gone yeah I don't I don't blame them I, I still don't really think that it was an appointment that would yield great results for them. He didn't do a particularly wonderful job at Walsall. Um, mm. He was sacked from there, so he was on the, uh, you know, he was on the job hunt at the time that Shrewsbury appointed him. And you, you saw their fans at the time just saying, "What, what a random appointment!" Especially after they lose, you know, Steve Cottrell. I mean, you know, he was kind of seen as almost a safe pair of hands. 
and was yeah. always going to keep them up in League One. The club departed with Steve Cottrell and, and a lot of their fans were sort of questioning it and going, I don't understand why. And that was just essentially he didn't have his contract renewed. He wasn't necessarily sacked. His contract ran out and they decided not to renew it. And that's unusual, I think, in football, first and foremost. But, you know, to then go with Matty Taylor, who just hasn't done anything at the, you know, at a club in the league below, um, seemed very, very odd to a lot of them and, and to me as well. And it's, mm. It's proving that it's not really working, I don't think. He's not he's certainly not kicking them on to go a step further from what they were doing under Steve Cottrell. And I think mm. by the sounds of it, if if the fans are, you know, unhappy performance wise, then then that's a massive nail in the coffin, right? If results are bad, but you're you know, you're seeing effort and you're seeing you know, application that just isn't quite coming off for them, then, you know, fans don't turn as easily. They they don't mm. like the results, obviously, because it is a results-based business. But as soon as the performances are, are, are awful to go along with it, and they're regularly awful, I, I, that's the point when fans obviously are just like, no, this isn't, mm. this isn't what we want. It's not happening. And then pressure starts being applied. Um, I can't see him lasting the season. Mm. personally they've they they seem to get uh, like you said before about when we played them it's almost like he gets a result at the 11th hour when at he needs right it yeah but it's not necessarily a good performance again you know we were all over that Shrewsbury team on that day mm. and we should have won it it's it's literally the one game that I can point to that we have lost this season and go we categorically should have won that game Mm. All of the other ones, you maybe feel that we're them potentially, apart from Derby, of course, you potentially go, oh, a bit, you know, weren't quite savvy enough, or we were a bit unlucky, like Wigan away. Um, you know, even Port Vale to an extent, you, you know, if we'd have got a point out of it, then you wouldn't necessarily have actually thought to yourself that we deserved it, but we could have got a point out of it had, you know, a couple of, uh, I think it was Sam Hoskins had a really good effort. Uh, in that game um, to to level it up and and just didn't. But that Shrewsbury game, missing the penalty and Mm. and then, you know, conceding last, very last minute, um, you know, of injury time, a sickener, a real sickener. And that was definitely three points lost that day. Mm. And I wouldn't be surprised if you sort of see like a case of this weekend, um, you know, Shrewsbury kind of being a bit like, right, fans especially saying, well, if we don't get this, he's got to go. They're playing Port Vale. Um, yeah, local games. Then come away with like a 1-0 win just to save his skin again at the 11th hour. But how 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 many times can you keep going and, and keep surviving? I, mm. I think it's written on the wall for Matt Taylor, to be honest. On that wall. Written on that wall. But Blackpool, good win for them. Jake Beasley with a brace. Jordan Rhodes with a penalty. He keeps on smashing them in as well. And um, Kyle Joseph as well. Getting on the score sheet. Blackpool up to eighth. Going well. It seems to be sticking around in there. We've got them in a couple of weeks on a Tuesday night. It's not going to be the nicest of trips up there on a Tuesday. Um, but settling themselves well and be fairly making easy their own me. push. Yeah, it would be for you, yeah. <laughs> but um, they're right on the cusp of the playoffs as well. So they're one of the teams that could carry on sort of upset and I wouldn't say upset in the odds because they've been up to the championship, aren't they? But they're, they're a club that, that will be right in the mix, you'd think, right up to the end. Yeah. I, I, Blackpool are a bit funny this season. I think I was expecting them to be 
uh, a bit higher up in that league table than they actually are. They've had some good good results and then some terrible ones. And there seems to be a bit of like, I mean, yes, they've won more than they've lost, hence why they're up to seventh. But they're 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 a bit hit and miss, I find. And I think if you do catch them on a day when you know they're not quite at the races, you've you've, you've got a definite chance. I mean, that four 0 win is going to give them confidence, obviously. But um, yeah, I don't necessarily think that you would go at it and you would say to yourself that. They're a team who, they're not nailed on, is what I'm trying to say. No. They're, they're no, too up and down at the moment, but playoff contenders, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, nothing to sweep under the carpet this games for this this week, sorry. Um, usually we'd sweep uh, three or four games under the carpet that just don't deserve a mention, but nothing to sweep under this week because there's only two games in the whole thing. So we will move on to a game we like to call, because it is called, Charles versus the patrons. Uh, this season we are playing uh, Rama Lama Ding Dong. Charles, you and the Patreon members are going head to head to choose the League One fixture that you think will contain the most goals in the following weekend's fixtures. Whichever fixture scores the most goals earns that many points. So if the patrons chose a game that contained seven goals, they got seven points and the loser every week gets none. Even if you, Charles, would choose someone, a game that had six goals, you'd still get zero points. It makes for a lot of ding-donging action going on in the weeks during the season. Uh, Before the international break, the patrons took a 16-15 lead over you, Charles. They got a big win before the international break. Um, So we're coming back this week for next Saturday's fixtures. And you've got another patron to face. This week, you're facing Mr. Craig West, which is a stern challenge. Hi Danny, hi Charles It's Craig West here for Charles versus the Patreons I've got Kieran to help me out with this And we've decided to go with Leighton Orient versus Wigan We reckon there's going to be loads of goals in that one Hope you're all well, we'll see you soon Lovely stuff, thank you Craig and Kieran A little helper there Charles, is that allowed? Oh yeah, we'll allow it, why not? Yeah have you got, are you going to get Amelia to help you with? Maybe not, because we're recording this at a quarter past ten on a Sunday. Okay. Night, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> go and wake her up. Right, me in bed. Yeah, Amelia, Amelia, just look at this list of fixtures and see if you can choose one that's got, which one do you think have the most goals? <laughs> but um, Leighton Orient against Wigan for Craig West. That's a good pick. I like that. Leighton Orient always seem to get a few goals in their games. We're going to score in pretty well. So that's a decent game. Charles, looking at the fixtures next weekend, quite a few tasty ones in there. Um, Portsmouth yeah, Blackpool is a, is a decent fixture going up there. Um, Wickham against Reading, it's a decent one. That that screams a few goals to me. Um, what else have we got? Uh, Derby Bristol Rovers, just outside the playoff places. Um, Lincoln Barnsley, Northampton Town v Cambridge. You could pick as well mm. if you want. Where are we going? Yeah, I, I, this is the thing with this game, and this is what what makes it so intriguing is that you're looking for a high scoring game. It doesn't matter what the winner necessarily is you're, you're just looking for something mm. that is maybe a 3-2 or something like that so that yeah, you've or, got or a 6-0 yeah as we've had before yeah. or a 6-0 well yeah absolutely but I, I i i do look at it and think to myself there are some tasty games this weekend i mean portsmouth blackpool sort of stands out for me blackpool have been involved in a, a couple of high scoring games of of late the 4-0 win that we've just talked about and then in their previous fixture they were at home um, to that blue lot down the road and lost 4-2. Mm. You know, so uh, maybe Blackpool are a team to 
to be looking at. And then Portsmouth, of course, top of the league, going really well, scoring a lot yeah, of goals. Massive unbeaten run. Yeah. yeah, huge unbeaten run. I'm tempted. I'm tempted by that one. But also, I'm I'm concerned that it could be a low-scoring game. Well, you don't want the low-scoring game. You don't want... That's not the aim of the game. You want goals. You want goals. Exa- exactly. You want goals. Yeah. So I, I, I just... I'm struggling this week a little bit to make a decision based on that. That's the, you, that what you just said. That, that that last like two or three sentences sounded very much like an Alan Sugar deliberation when he's talking to the Apprentice. I don't even. <laughs> 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 it's like, I just I'm struggling. Brilliant. I'm struggling this week <laughs> for that reason. Um, I'm I'm struggling. Yeah. Um. I think. I mean, there's a part of me that looks at Peterborough versus Burton. However, mm. I can't bring myself to do it because I don't think that that's right. I'm not no. going to take a win, Matt Sammons, <laughs> through a Peterborough match, uh, despite what Matt Sammons did to me a couple of weeks back. I'm going to go for Bolton against oh. Exeter. Oh, out of the blue. Bolton are at home. They're, they're very strong, as we saw a, a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Exeter on a really big downward spiral, I think, at the moment. That's going to be a really tough game for them. I can see Bolton going and getting three or four. So that's so what I'm going to go for. You're going, going for the tonking Bolton, rather than a ding-dong. A big Bolton win. Yeah, a tonking more than a ding-dong in this one, I think. Okay. Um, obviously, if Exeter do get one, then that will help the uh, the old goal equation uh, for us. Um, so yeah, Bolton against Exeter. Come on, Bolton. That's what I'm thinking here. Bolton v Exeter and Craig West going for the patrons, Leighton Orient v Wigan. Uh, so that's it. If you want to get involved in this, do sign up to Patreon if you're not yet already. But that's it for this week. Thank you for joining us in the lounge. If you want to hear this every week, please do sign up right now. Patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me to get this and access to the Slack and bonus podcasts and quizzes and invites to meetups and all that kind of stuff um, for the patrons. Lots of fun stuff going on. There'll be a nice little christmas treat as well that i'm planning over over christmas time so yes. that'd be a good time to sign up right now i'll go buy it for someone as their christmas gift as well and that'd be a nice christmas present to open i don't know how how you'd open it on christmas day maybe a picture of our faces on there or something to, to scare the living daylights out your nan with um, <laughs> <laughs> merry christmas who the hell are these people <laughs> that's one for next year i think and it's all yes. promised to be advent calendar <laughs> oh yes get that in there yeah not quite tight this year uh, but you know thank you for joining us this week we'll be back on friday with a preview show this week we'll be joined by somebody from cambridge united's we think uh, under the abbey stands this week and one of us will be on their podcast as well this week so do listen out for that thank you charles thank you danny pleasure as usual lovely lovely old job we'll be back in the league one lounge next week with a full list of fixtures and all that stuff to dig into so we'll see you then goodbye sports social podcast network